to another episode of the Devils in Detail podcast. I'm your host, Zach Pakale, and today I'm joined by Carson Fields and Trevor Booth to break down Arizona State's 2-0 start and get an early look at their Week 3 matchup. So guys, let's get right down to it. ASU now 10-0 against the Big Ten after ranking, knocking off a ranked Michigan State team in Tempe. Who was your? What's your biggest takeaway from that win, and who impressed you the most? It has to be the defense right now, being the number one rush defense in the country. They've come out and they've done an unbelievable job first these through these two, first two games. And the stat that I really look at is after Dasman Tadalatasi's interception, Michigan State was just one of seven on third down after the starting of the game, three of five. So how the defense was able to clamp down in the second half and really give opportunities for the offense to come back and tie the game was special. Yeah, it was a really good job there. Tadalatasi's pick really kind of reversed the momentum for ASU. You, stopped, you saw Michigan State get a little bit more conservative in their short yardage situations, stop looking at the end zone, except for Lewerke's touchdown in the second half. But overall, a fantastic job swarming the edges and getting into the trenches to deny them. I'd also say I was really impressed, of course, by the defense, but in particular the run defense was impeccable in the win. And Merlin Robertson, that's one guy that's really stood out in the early season, had nine tackles in the win, one and a half sacks, and he even forced a fumble. So he was great. And, man, that defense really just stepped up in the second half. Absolutely. Robertson, of course, now getting the Walter Camp Player of the Week. Only the third time in the last 15 years that an Arizona State player has been named the Player of the Week by Walter Camp. Of course, Andrew Walter in 2004 and Jalen Strong after his famous Jail Mary catch mm-hmm. in 2015, or 14, excuse me, by, against USC. But now the big thing to take away from this win is something we probably never could have expected coming into the season, and that is ASU joining the AP poll, number 23 this week. I mean, can I get your guys' initial thoughts on something so monumentous happening so quickly under Herm Edwards? I think that maybe it's a little premature, but it's definitely good for the program. It gets a lot more clout to the program, and the recruits will definitely see, oh, this is a winning program at the moment. We might want to play for this guy. It looks like a fun atmosphere. We might want to play for this guy. So it's definitely going to benefit them from the recruiting standpoint. And I think it only gives them advantages going forward and more national attention. Yeah, and who would have thought before the season began that Arizona State would have started 2-0? I don't think a lot of people would have looked at that. Yeah, absolutely, me as well. And just the way that the team has gotten so much clarity. And it seems like before the season, the question was the coaching. But Herm Edwards coached a really good fourth quarter against Michigan State. So to see how this team has come together has been really something to see. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned his ability to run down the clock there and set Mm -hmm. up Reese's game-winning kick. Rob Likens did not, he said on Monday during his during the press conference, he did not know that they should go for the field goal. He wanted to score a touchdown, and Edwards, given his numerous years of NFL head coaching experience, was able to kill the clock, keep Michigan State's offense on the sidelines, and of course, set up that game-winning field goal. But now the, the big question here is this. Does the credit of this 2-0 start, is it more because of the players, or is it more because of the coaching? I really got to look at it both ways. I I don't think you can put one over the other. The players have come together, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and have really come together and shown that they can be proficient this year. And on offense, Manny Wilkins, he didn't have the greatest game against Michigan State, but how he is able to come back and make two big throws at the end of the game to Kyle Williams and Nikhil Harry to tie the game was good. And we've seen Herm Edwards, too, and the coaching staff. This is all a brand-new staff with offensive and defensive coordinators, and they've been able to come together and show that in these deep moments that they can coach in those late-game strategies. So I got to give it to both um, both sides. 
I agree. Both the, both the players and the coaches deserve a lot of credit for this 2-0 star. The defense, as we've mentioned time and time again already on this show, has been impeccable so far. The offense has been great, and I think the running game will do a little bit better now that they don't have to play a unit like Michigan State, even though San Diego State is not a slash, but we'll talk about that a little bit more later. I think we'll see a little bit more production from Eno Benjamin and Isaiah Floyd going forward. They were both great in the opener. That was impressive. Manny Wilkins and Nikhil Harry, that combination has been good so far. So a lot to look forward to for this team. Now you mentioned Benjamin and Floyd maybe not living up to the same expectations they had against UTSA. And of course that's going to be the case. Michigan State being the number two rushing defense in the entire country. But I mean, down the stretch, Benjamin, Floyd were consistently producing out of the backfield. Wilkins was able to find them on checkdowns. Was able, they were both doing an excellent job providing him extra time as blockers. So, I mean, though their rushing numbers, per se, weren't exactly up to par, their general impact on the game was far more important than numbers showed. Yeah, and you know Benjamin, he actually had a good game receiving, too. He had six catches for 54 yards, so he helped Manny Wilkins out in that way, too. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime a running back is capable of... Uh, stepping in there, making a play out of the backfield, but then also coming back and absorbing some contact to give your quarterback a little bit more time. I'm sure Wilkins was far more thankful for that. All right, moving on from that, though. I mean, now 2-0, and as we mentioned. Next up is San Diego State, a team that beat ASU last year. They're 1-1, one one, came in, opened the season with a loss to Stanford, recovered with a 28-14 win over Sacramento State, but the big story here is Christian Chapman. Starting quarterback goes down with a, with a sprained MCL. Ryan Agnew throws two interceptions in relief. Did either of you guys see anything out of Agnew that showed some promise? Should he have to lead this Aztec team for a given amount of time? Agnew went 11 for 17 with 159 yards in the win against Sacramento State. And obviously the two picks, that's not what you want to see. But 11 for 17 is not horrible. And that shows that he might be able to at least manage the offense for the Aztecs. But... As a whole, 28-14 to 14 over an FCS school like Sacramento State isn't that impressive, especially considering Sacramento State's not that program-rich of a history for an FCS school even. So we really don't know too much of Ryan Agnew yet, but more will come Saturday. Yeah, there are some definitely some good and bad things to take from it, but I think the advantage Agnew's going to have, especially looking at Arizona State, is going against that 3-3-5 or scheme and the, the practicing against that for so many years and having to go against that every day in practice, that's going to be an advantage he might have, but definitely not the greatest showing you'd like to see out of a Sacramento State opponent. Absolutely. Sacramento State really not one of the big teams to look at. They're a big Sky team or big South team, excuse me. Definitely not really ranking even as a mid-major. They're one of the smaller mid-major conferences. But moving on from that, or excuse me, backtracking toward to last season, San Diego State beat Arizona State 30-20. to you guys both know the main reason why Rashad Penny, 353 total yards. That's just absolutely absurd of a number to put up. His first two touches were both 90-plus yards. But now, uh, excuse me, Jawan Washington is the lead back. He's the next great tailback. I mean, what what is it about his game that stood out to you, that stands out to both of you? Jawan Washington, he's just a playmaker. A lot of people have compared him to former San Diego State running back Donald Pumphrey. He has the same explosiveness, same ability to hit the hole, and he's really shown that so far. He had 113 yards against Stanford, and he had more than 150 yards and three touchdowns against Sacramento State, so a great start. And it's just impressive 
year after year the running backs that San Diego State's produced. Yeah, that, that seems like every year they have one of those top rush, rushers in the country, and Jawan Washington is able to do that. Danny Gonzalez mentioned today that that's what they're going to have to focus on is stopping the run if they're going to have any success against San Diego State. And it's a little bit different from Michigan State with the two backs, so they're going to have to really focus in on him and just stop some of the elite moves that he has. And through two games, you mentioned Gonzalez today, and through two games, ASU has done just that, just 32.5 yards a game. That is ridiculous. That's the best rushing defense statistically in the entire country. 128, 129 teams, whatever it is now, Arizona State is the top rushing defense. Now, if you had told me that a year ago, I probably would have laughed at you and laughed in your face. Definitely. <laughs> that, te- that, de- de- that defense under Todd Graham was just poor. The team would sit back. The team would... Be a little bit too blitz heavy. The coverage was very soft. Now, I, I, under Herm Edwards, it's just been aggressive. It's been gritty. I mean, and there's but the diff, the big thing that they've been able to keep from Graham has been the discipline. The, the flags have not been there. I believe Chase Lucas grabbed draw, drew a pass interference in the third quarter, and I think that was the first defensive penalty ASU drew all season. The team it might it might have a little bit more discipline this year, and I think. Herm Edwards has done a really good job of keeping the team loose, but the discipline of this team has just been really good so far in the first few games of the year. Yeah, they've really improved after the first week against UTSA. That was a thing they've continued to work on going into Michigan State. As you mentioned, Zach, it didn't happen until later in the game, so that's something they'll continue to um, get better as as the season goes on. Absolutely. I mean, and there's obviously still a young team. You still got a lot of freshmen. You mentioned Robertson earlier, Carson. I mean, there's Jalen Bates, who's a first-time starter, Darius Slade, who's just getting back into game action after his year off, playing on the scout team. It's a lot of pieces still coming together, but they're coming together so quick. So, I mean, and it's largely in part to this Gonzalez 335 scheme. But, I mean, as we've talked before this podcast started, this, he took it from SDSU. And now most of the time when you see a coordinator leave and change schools, the defense reinvents itself. A, a, a new scheme comes along. But Rocky Long opted to continue the 335. So, I mean... How much of an impact is that going to have that both teams, both teams' offenses have been working against the defense they will actually be seeing, and they've been running it all season? Yeah, in a sense, it seems like both teams might have an advantage because they're practicing against this every day. They see it every day, and it's something that both teams are going to be used to when they take the field on Saturday night. I think it's just going to come down to players making plays. Who of the key players for Arizona State, if they're going to get the offense going and find Nikhil Harry and get Eno Benjamin going out of the backfield, or if San Diego State's able to find Juwan Washington and let him go for a big game. So that ultimately is what it's going to come down to on Saturday. Both of these teams, as you guys mentioned, have experience playing against the 3-3-5, but I think that ASU, to win this game, they just need to stick to their identity, and they need to utilize something that they're really good at is the screen passes. A lot of them go to Eno Benjamin, players like that, and they're really productive, get them a decent amount of yards on almost every play. So if they can stick true to that, the downfield passes to Harry, and utilize, of course, Benjamin and Floyd in the backfield too, then I think it will be much easier for them to win. Yeah, absolutely, and both teams really do have a handful of weapons. As you mentioned, guys, Nikhil Harry, you know, Benjamin, guys that are both, players that are both just kind of taking gigantic steps this season. Harry as a true junior, Benjamin as a true sophomore. Both are really poised, look poised, and could be, could, could be the reason ASU comes away with a massive victory and starts 3-0. But now, I mean, they've been on the, the they've been on the, they've handed Michigan State an upset, what do they have to do to avoid the upset now? They're in, they're in San Diego Credit County Stadium. 
not the easiest place to play. It's a professional venue. It's got a bigger feel to it than, say, Sun Devil Stadium. What does what needs what what is the biggest thing ASU needs to execute on? I think the biggest thing is just keying in on Jawan Washington. They struggled a little bit against LJ Scott and Connor Hayward in the first half against Michigan State, but they really fixed that in the second half. And if they can just do what they did in the second half and against UTSA, it shouldn't be a problem, even though Washington's probably a good amount better than Scott and Hayward. But even so, I think that this defense just needs to really key in on him to have a good feel for this game. I believe it's going to come down to the offense sustaining drives. That's been one of the things that Coach Edwards has referred to through these first two games. And if ASU can stay on the field and keep putting points against San Diego State, if they can outscore them and throw some different looks against this 3-3-5 scheme, they'll ultimately be able to come out on top in the end. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to throw you guys a bit of a curveball on this one. I'm going to go ahead and say the special teams unit. I feel like the unit of Brandon Ayuk has been I feel like Ayuk and Ryan Newsom have both struggled a little bit with making their play with making clean returns at punt, uh, from punting returning punts excuse me but at the same time we've seen Tyler Johnson come up with a block already this season we've seen Paul Lucas the former track star in Oregon State transfer really do an outstanding job of downing some punts from and of course the one player no one is really talking about is Michael Sleep Dalton yes really has struggled this season, or excuse me, as a freshman with the team, couldn't really, he had a bit of a bum foot. Todd Graham kept saying, we don't really know what it was, the injury itself, but he came in this year, he looked hell, he looks healthy, he looks like he's to a degree abandoned his rugby style and become a little bit more traditional, and it seems to have paid off. His net yards have improved, his confidence has improved, and quite frankly, ASU's opposing team field position has gotten substantially worse. That's true. He has actually been really good. He he got a lot of criticism from ASU fans and everyone, honestly, because he was, as you mentioned, terrible his freshman year, but he has looked really sharp, and he's just pinning opponents in, from the 10-yard line and closer constantly. I believe last year it was against San Diego State when he had that 12-yard punt that went out of bounds, so, but you can tell that his health is definitely much better this year, and he's taken that step forward, and it's been beneficial for the special teams play. So let's assume everything goes in the ways we've talked about special teams, and maybe Washington still has his big game. Let's hear it. Predictions for Saturday. Ooh. Actually, hold on. Trevor, we'll start with you, Carson. You'll be there at San Diego Credit County. Yeah. So I want to get Trevor's take first. I'm going to say Arizona State wins 24-17. to I think the Aztecs will just have too much to overcome with a backup quarterback in the game. Yes, they'll have a little bit of advantage facing that defense that they play in practice every day, but I think ASU has the better playmakers to go up against it. I think I'm going to go ASU 30, San Diego State 17. I think it will be a close first half, but eventually ASU will pull away. Nikhil Harry will come up big, score a big touchdown late to pull away. All right, we got two separate takes here. I'm going to go ahead and be a little bit more in favor of the Sun Devils here. I'm going to go with 35-14. to 14. I think San Diego State opens the game with a touchdown, puts a little bit of a quick scare into the hearts of ASU fans around the world, but the Sun Devils come out and roll I frankly, I think this team has way too many talented skill position players that they can come out and just dominate this game. It's possible. It's absolutely a possibility. This is a team that really has, I think, over has overachieved early, and until they see, until I think next, I think two weeks away when they go to the University of Washington will be a bit more of an accurate telling of their capabilities this season. But for now. We're going to leave you with San Diego State predictions. Once again, Zach Pacale, Trevor Booth, and Carson Field saying, signing off 
from Arizona State University with an episode of the Devils in Detail podcast. <laughs>